The ABC's word wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rolly Sussex. G'day, Rolly. Oh, I can't hear you very well there. Good morning, dear lady. That's better. Is that how you greet ladies um, sometimes, every day? Sometimes. <laughs> I might say hi. We're talking about greetings today with Rolly, 1300 and we have to greet Rolly, Rachel Mealy, who will be greeting everyone next week on this program while I'm doing breakfast for three weeks oh. on ABC Radio Brisbane. How do we greet Rachel? Hello there, Rachel. <laughs> Doesn't sound real good. Rolly, I need you to pull your microphone right into your mouth there. No, yeah, go. that's better, I think. How are you, Rachel? I'm well, thanks, Loretta. And Rolly, it's such a privilege and a thrill to be with you both this morning. We have fun. We do have fun, I yes. can't wait. And uh, we're still having trouble with that. I'm going to get you to move over here, Rolly. Okay, Sorry right. about that. Come even closer to me, Rolly. You don't know how many friends or and my family who'd be so thrilled to be in your presence. What do they say about Rolly? Oh, just that he's the word wizard. As we <laughs> he is, or the word professor. <laughs> yes, and, so, you know, sometimes when we come across a word conundrum ourselves, we say, I wonder what Rolly Sussex would say about that. You do come up in conversation a lot, Rolly. I do. Yes, oh, everybody right. knows you and but everybody, if they stumble on a word, they think, yeah. what would Rolly Sussex say? But I just love talking to people about language and mm. how it works in different places. I was talking to the appellate judges of Australia yesterday. Mm. They wanted to talk about different aspects of language and the law. That was I was talking about how English words don't always mean what you think they're saying. Yes. And this is was, this was a lot of fun. Mm. Well, Rachel, you'll have your work cut out for you next week with Rolly and everybody ringing up. I'm I, looking forward to it. Loretta, I've been telling people that I'm filling in for you for a couple of weeks and in equal measure they say, oh, Annette McFarlane. Gardner, and they'll yeah. say, oh, Professor Rolly Sussex. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. I'll leave you both. And, of course, we always we hear you on Radio National. Or, or I'm on uh, The World Today the at World lunchtime Today. on uh, a local radio as well. So, yes, this show that you do is a little different from what I'm used to, but I'm looking forward to it very much. All right. Look forward to it too, Rachel. So we've got a lot of calls coming through, so you can help Rob, I guess, answer the phones. Sorry to I'll go make back. you do that. <laughs> 1300 is the number to call if you want to talk to Rolly. Let's get straight into it, Rolly, and let's see if Indeed. you like. Firstly, because we're talking about how you greet people. Barry in Mount Isa. Hello, Barry. Hi, Barry, you there? Oh, hang on a minute. He's not there. We'll see. There he is. G'day, Barry. How are you? Yeah. No, um, I'm just going to ring up to let you know... Um, uh, when I greet people in person, um, particularly if I can't remember their names, and I'm always forgetting <laughs> people's names, um, it's either hello, good sir, or hello, dear lady. Hello, dear lady. What do the ladies say to that? Uh, most people, most are receptive, most are receptive. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's either hello, good sir, or hello, dear lady. That's rather nice and, and, and a little bit studied, you know? Mm. Um, I, I said... I said something like that to, to a female colleague once and she was not pleased. What, really? What did you say? No. Was it something? I, I, said, hello, dear lady? Dear, I said, hello, dear lady. And what did and, she say? Well, she, she thought that was, that was condescending. Oh. Um, but you didn't mean it like that. That's of course the I thing. Didn't. It's, no, you don't they, want to have to think about. No. But, yeah. but actually, it is, it is really interesting because when you see someone you know, there's a convention in our culture that you must say something, mm. right? And in, if you're in the country, you know, country Queensland, say, even with people you don't know, mm. you, you know, if you're walking down the street and you see someone, you say, morning. And yes. it, it's a very nice way of, of acknowledging the other person's presence and saying, I'm pleased to see you there. 
Uh, it's a natural thing to do when you see someone you know just to say hello. Right. How but, are you? But the hello, no, the it's the the intonation is actually quite a lot different because, you know, if you say hello, <laughs> <laughs> I don't or, often. All right, but if some if someone turns up rather late and you can say hello, oh yeah, right, yeah, Meaning, about time you got here, about time you got here, I've yeah. been waiting and waiting and waiting. Yes, hello, I've got something to tell you. I've got something to tell you, hello to children. Right? Oh yes, and there must be a dozen or more different intonations with that one word, and you use the wrong one in the wrong place, you can be badly misunderstood. Yeah, but if you say nothing, and again, it it, it involves eye contact, and it involves saying something. You could nod. You could nod, but again, with people who know you. I mean, if you have teenage boys, they probably grunt. Yeah, that's about all you get out of them <laughs> yeah. until they get a little bit older. But with you know, there is this convention about saying something, and it's called an adjacency pair, which means there are two two bits of the of the interaction, and both of them have to be there. If you say something, the other person's expected to respond. Mm. Often, exactly the same. You know, hi there, hi there, and then you go your own go your own ways. Yeah. Whereas if if uh, you know someone says how are you and you say oh well actually my temperature is 39.4 and i'd like to give you an account of my my, my physical condition you've misunderstood it yeah no. hi there is just i'm pleased to see you and uh, this is a ritual that we go through to, to acknowledge each other's presence mm. some men might tip their hat or they used to oh we used to yeah. yes and if you were if you wore a hat you had to take it off or you had to at least touch the brim right um Thirteen hundred triple two six twelve. If you have a question for Rolly Sussex, Frank is in Cooparoo. Hello, Frank. Yeah. Good morning. What did you want to ask, Rolly? Yeah. In in um, like the way we normally speak, a lot of uh, people um, roll their words. Like in, instead of hospital, they'll say hospital or gardening. They don't say gardening. Um, that's becoming very. Um, uh, how can I say? Mm, very common. A lot, of, lot more people are using rolling these words in, mm. into together without, you know, pronouncing the um, syllables. Yeah, uh, I, I know what you mean. It's actually a, a very natural f feature of English when you've got an unstressed vowel, and uh, like secretary, mm. like for. Almost never will we hear it. Now, Americans will say secretary, yes. four syllables, but we'd probably say secretary, mm. three syllables. And if you're studying medicine, three syllables is probably medicine, two. Mm. And the tendency to lose an unstressed vowel is a natural tendency in English. The faster you go, the more it happens, even for careful speakers like us. I wondered about the medicine, because I'd yeah. say medicine, but should you say medicine? It's entirely up to you and to the speed you're going, because beyond a certain speed, you know, I'm going to study medicine next year. Mm. There's almost no time to get medicine, three syllables in. Mm. And so the um, it, it's a feature of upper class British English where you lose a lot of syllables. I'm going to go to the secretary. <laughs> yes. which it's almost come down to two syllables from four. Yeah. Okay. In everyday speech in Australia, we are starting to to give more prominence to unstressed syllables because we're doing the American thing of ceremony, mandatory, laboratory, and so on, mm. which a lot of people don't like. No. But the tendency to lose an unstressed vowel, particularly if it's in a syllable next to a stressed one, right? Hospital, right? Hospital, medicine. Mm. Right? It's natural. Michael from Graceville. Hello, Michael. What did you want to ask Rolly? Um, I'm confused about the um, adding an S to proper nouns that already end in S. For example, ah, mm -hmm. we don't say David Jones's or Coles's. 
but there was recently a, a, a royal wedding, and they said it was being held in St. James's Chapel. Mm. Now, is that incorrect? Then my other question is, if I have family friends named Davis and they're coming over, do I say the Davis are coming over or the Davises are coming mm. over? <laughs> well observed. Okay, let's take the second one first. Um, normally you add ES to a name, and even when it ends in an S. So, no, the Ryans are coming over, the Davises are coming, the Sussexes are coming, right? Yeah. Um, and so the ES, meaning the plural of a family where there's more than one member, that's fine. Right. Okay. right. Now, the, the, the harder one is this one with the apostrophe where, you know, is it David Jones's, mm. right? Uh, the, there used to be a rule which said if it ends in S, just add apostrophe. And that certainly still holds for things like Euripides, who was a Greek dramatist. Euripides plays S apostrophe. But then you get Charles Dickens, who's a bit more modern. And is it Dickens' novels or Dickens's novels? Yes. Uh, Jesus's Acts or Jesus' Acts? Oh, that's uh, one, yes. I hear there's a priest at my church and mm -hmm. he says one of Jesus's messages. And that's that right. makes me cringe. Well, the... The rules were so fuzzy that, and people never knew what was right and what was wrong that uh, Pam Peters, who is the authority on these things in Australia, has said that, f just throw up your hands, add, add apostrophe S to everything, and so Jesus's acts will do, will do fine. We've actually made grammar, I think, a little less complicated that mm. way, and, and that's what's happening. While we're on the subject of the apostrophe... Yes. Tiger Woods, who's the person in the ABC who, who is uh, the guardian of, of good usage and does a website about it. Not the golfer. Not the golfer. <laughs> um, actually did a piece called, uh, on, on the apostrophe where he, he was proposing that we get rid of it. Yes, I saw that and uh, I what was horrified. Uh, no, I think we, it would confuse the issue, wouldn't it? Already we're seeing mistakes with words that should have the apostrophe. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Or the, where it's left out. And people always get ITS and IT apostrophe S yeah. confused. Now, yes. IT apostrophe S is it is, right? And the apostrophe doesn't mean possession, whereas normally the apostrophe does mean possession. You know, the, the book's... So, yeah, the book's spine, yes, right, bills, whatever. Now, there, there is a, a lovely example, which is, uh, I'm glad to see you're back. I'm glad and to if, see you're back. And that's if it's Y-O-U-R, in other words, I'm pleased that you're going away and I've had enough of you. Yeah. But if it's Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, it's I'm glad to see that you, you are, are back. back and I'm welcoming you rather than saying goodbye to you. That's why we need the apostrophe. That's why we need the apostrophe. There are a few cases where they're important and um, there are those of us who grew up with the apostrophe mm. and I don't want to let it go. But no. it is it does cause a lot of strife for kids in school. The question is, if we got rid of it, what would we do with I'm glad to see you're back? back. And the thing is, because of social media and, and tweeting and stuff like that, that's where we drop the apostrophe in mm -hmm. a lot of cases. Oh, yes. So that's mm -hmm. probably where this call is coming and, from. And in government usage, where the gazetteers are getting rid of the apostrophe in place names. So Hopper's Crossing that. and Jeps yeah. Cross and whatever. Um, these things used to have an apostrophe once, but they've, and a lot of schools are getting rid of it as well. Now, I think there's, um, there are various St. Peter's around. Mm -hmm. Most of them still have an apostrophe, yep. but not all. And uh, I was actually run up by, by someone who was doing the, the history of one of the archdioceses in Australia and said, should I say St. Peter's Cathedral or whatever? 
And I, don't, I said, I don't know, ask the bishop. <laughs> it's, his, <laughs> it's his archdiocese. 1300 uh, is the number to call, 1300 if you have a question for Rowley Sussex, our word professor. Um, next up, we have Mark, who is at Airlie Beach. Hello, Mark. Hi, how are you? Good. What's your question for Rowley? The word substantial, mm. some meaning less or below or beneath, but substantial means greater or huge. So how does that work? Oh, sorry. The first one is actually substandard. Um, and it's, it's quite literally uh, sub, meaning under and standard. And so if something is substandard, it's not up to scratch. Um, but uh, the other one, substantial, comes from a Latin word meaning essence, substantia, and uh, so they, although they look as if they're related, they, they, they aren't related unless you go back a very long way. So sub isn't the prefix, it's just the word. Ah, right. In, in substandard, it certainly is a prefix, but in substantial, it's part of a word which we've borrowed okay. as in, in total from, from Latin a long time ago. Thanks for your call, Mark. Henry near Stanthorpe. Henry, ah, Celtic versus Celtic. Whoa. Is that what you're asking? That is quite correct. <laughs> When I went to school 60 years ago, it was always Celts, Celts and Celtic. Yes. Now somebody's changed it to Celtic, mm -hmm. which annoys quite a few of us. It, it, it would, particularly if you are one. Um, we borrowed the word Celtic from Latin, Celticus, and of course the French say Celt and Celtic with, an, with a s sound. Uh, and the, according to the dictionaries, they can be pronounced either way, except in the name of the Glasgow Football Club. Yeah, which is, I was just going to say Celtic, yeah. It's always Glasgow Celtic. And I think the Boston Celtic base, Basketball Club, I think that's a Celtic as well. But if you're talking about the race, it's normally the Celts nowadays, not the Celts. Yeah. So Celtic and Celtic, both is allowed, but with the, the name of the race, it is, I think, for Celts. All right, I hope that helps... Um, Helps them, Henry. Peter in Cairns is up next. G'day, Peter. What's your question for Rolly? Hi, Rolly. Yes. Oh, we're getting a question. Now, comment about the apostrophes. I understand that a place name where the person lives has the apostrophe, and when that person leaves, they retain the S, but because the person's no longer there, it's not possessive, so the apostrophe goes. It's a nice story, but I'm afraid it doesn't. This is called a folk etymology. It, it's a, a plausible, an apparently plausible explanation, but I don't think it holds water. And certainly, historically, a lot of these places have kept their apostrophe for centuries, only to have them deleted in the latter part of the 20th and the early part of the 21st. All right. Thank you for your call, yeah. Peter. Adam from Paddington. What did you want, Adam? Uh, yes, good morning, Mr. Sussex. How are you today? Uh, I'm rolly to everybody, but go on. So my question is about job applications. Yes. How does one address uh, the person you were writing to? Yes. Say, Mr. and Ms. Surname or dear, or how would you do it? That's wow. a good question because I know, I remember we were taught, dear madam slash, and then you go hmm. madam and then put an E in brackets at the end because you don't know if it's madam or madam. Or, so dear sir, madam, you, you yeah. know? Nowadays, the the dear sir one is very much on the down. Mm. Um, it hasn't been seen very much, but it would be, I think, polite to get the the person's name and then say, dear Mister, whoever it is. And if it's a woman, you do need to work to find out whether they want to be called Ms. or Mrs. Um, and because some people are have a very clear view about what they want, 
and uh, I think it, it's quite appropriate to ring up the place and say, I'm, I, know, I wish to put in an application, how does this person like to be addressed? Um, if it's a man, then dear Mr. So-and-so, and yours sincerely at the end of the letter. And although for some people that might seem a little formal nowadays, I think it's a good way of saying, I know the rules I'm putting in, in a, formal, a formal, formal application, and this is my statement about me. Does that help, Adam? So you would say Mr. or Ms. and you'd find out. You wouldn't say, you'd never say Sir, Ma'am. You'd have to ring them up. I, I think you'd say, dear Mr. Um, dear Mr. Dear Mr. So-and-so. But no, but if he, if he doesn't ah, ring right. them, should he put dear Mr. slash ma'am or madam? What would you put? You, you, you miss? could do it again, no which idea. goes first. Um, and again, because of the Ms., Mrs. Ms. thing, mm. and some people, if if... The default for there is use Ms. Ms. Right. Okay. Yes. And I would say, dear Mister, in the in the letter, dear Sir, it sounds as if you haven't taken the trouble to find out their name. Mm. Um, on the other hand, if you don't know the name and it's a job application, uh, I think you'd have to say something like, dear Sir or Madam. What about if you knew sort of the title and it was address it to the secretary? Would yes. you say, dear secretary or whatever it is? You can dear do. Dear hiring manager. Dear hiring manager. Dear, yeah. dear hiring manager. Yes, it is. Um, normally, uh, ads like this will, will give you some idea, and it would be entirely appropriate to ring up the uh, the, the company and say, I'd, I'd like to, to address this letter properly. Could you please tell me the name of the person? Good luck with the job, Adam. Oh, one more question. Yep. Yeah. Is it yours sincerely or kind regards? Oh, yeah. Okay, there used to be a rule which said, if you start dear sir, you end up yours faithfully. If you start dear and the person's name, dear Mr. So-and-so, you end up yours sincerely. Mm -hmm. And that was the routine. It was absolutely in concrete. Nowadays, there's a, it's a lot more flexibility. So, you know. But in a formal letter, you'd have to do sincerely or faithfully. I, th I think since in a formal letter of you know, applying for a job, I'd go for sincerely. Yeah. All right, Adam, I hope that helps. Julianne is on the Sunshine Coast. Hi, Julianne. Oh, hello. How are you going? Good. What's your question for Rolly? Oh, the, um, the use of the singular and the plural. Mm. Um, like, a lot of, I notice so many people now are mixing the both. Are using, and yeah, mixing the both, yep. Y yes. For, for example, um, um, there, there, you know, there's, there is one book, um, there are a lot. Yeah, or mm. that they say there is lots of books. Or there, there's yeah. lots. They, say, they say there's lots. There's lots, yeah. I've seen that as well. Yeah, and it, it works in fact both ways. You can have either there is plus a plural, as in there's lots, or you wouldn't normally have they are plus a singular. That one doesn't happen. Mm. But um, in German and French and several other European languages, if you say there is, that do that does in French il y a German is skipped for what follows can be either singular yeah. or plural and it actually is quite nice because it's a formula you don't have to think ahead am I going to be uttering a singular or a plural and that is now happening in English yes it's not yet um, grammatically accepted mm. and you wouldn't write it but it's in particularly in speech it's very very common some people write it yeah <laughs> um, Damien in Mackay Damien what did you want to ask Rolly hello oops hello Damien it, it's more a gripe with, um, especially journalists, <laughs> yes. um, using incorrectly the, the, a, a. Oh, yes. A, a person of interest, the police. Yes, I've mm. heard that too, I know. And yep. also in national newspapers, starting a sentence with the word and. Yes, that's right. And okay. or but you can't start. You shouldn't start a sentence actually, with but. Should actually, you? you may. Because I got in trouble Can once you? for starting a yes. sentence. Yes, this this oh, rule was yeah. invented in the 18th century by I think a grammarian called Bishop Louth, and L O W T H, and it was 
trying to make English look like Latin where you can't start a sentence with et, which is and. Yeah. Um, but in, in English it's happened for centuries, it's perfectly fine. Okay. And this is something which we all suffered for unnecessarily, mm. I'm afraid. But, but the the... Using, uh, using the word a and a. Ah, yeah, now there you're right. Um, the, there's a very clear rule, it is um, a plus a consonant, you know, a bottle, and a... The. Yeah, um, but um, uh, particularly if you slow down a lot, there is a, and you're not quite sure what's going to hap- you're going to follow. And you can't say there is a, because that sounds as if you're not quite sure what, yeah. this is an um yeah. word. And Damien, you're right. I hear it all the time with people saying the this the car. Yes, ju- you know, did it should the- be the car. Yes, I know. I don't know wh- how that started. Thanks, Damien. Um, let's see. We have Peter in Texas. Hello, Peter. What was your question? Uh, yeah, I'm Rolly. I've got a um, a how do I put it? It's frustrating, a word that uh, people use and they don't pronounce it correctly. It's called year. Right. They, they keep throwing a G in front. Year hey. to year. That's right. Uh, now, now, my producer Rob is sitting here. I think he wanted to talk about this as well. Hello, Rob. Rolly, when I, when I were a kid at school... Yeah. Year was a great one for us because we had a French student visit Manchester. He was the first French person in Manchester since the Norman Conquest, I think. (laughs) And he was convinced we all spoke French because we said last year. Last year. Last year. Okay, right, yes. Yeah, last year. Yeah, last year. City won the cup. Yeah. Last year. Oh, what about Celtic? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was Rangers. Okay. Uh, what's, okay. Ha- what's happening with that one is last becomes last, all right? And sir plus year, sir gives you sh, mm. last year. Mm-hmm. And that, that is, again, it's, it's called year. allegro speech is when it's fast and you mix the two together. And after all, you don't say intention, you say intention. intention. Yes. And it used to be sir and it's become sh. Now, if I don't know if that's what you're what you're talking about, Peter. Is that was that it? Yeah, well, basically everyone just says, "Oh, last year or this year." I see, you know, like, last yep. year, you know, and it's just, um, it just frustrates me and it really yeah. irks me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of last year, that's right. That's right. Last yeah. year. Mm, I get take it. Take a little, take a little bit of time and pronounce the word. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, the the trouble is, this is where you break syllables between between English words. Now, and last year. Uh, if you normally, if you if you're having three consonants together, you break after the first one. So last year, sorry, last tier rather than last year, and you got to do it carefully. All right, let's rip through another uh, mm-hmm. few more. Andrew from Compera, what did you want to quickly ask Rolly? Hi, I just noticed that a lot of businesses, especially, don't use th and rd when they're talking about numbers like first, second, third. They just do one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think I don't even know if there's a word. Are they enumerate rather than equivalent or illiterate mm-hmm. because they're not using it, or is that now a norm? Uh, there is definitely a word enumerate, um, and it's parallel to illiterate. Dead right. Now, can you give us an example of this? Like when they're saying um, the contracts will be signed on 3 December. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay, so this is American. The ID is left off. Yeah, this is uh, particularly American usage, and uh, THs and, uh, and, and RDs and so on tend to get left out. They do. And this is the way the Americans do dates. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah. The other problem, of course, is that they tend to invert the months and the days, and particularly on software, you're not sure if you've got month, day, or day month. Yeah, it's very it's very hard, but we seem to be following the Americans on a lot of things, don't oh, we? Yes. Ken at Mansfield, a quick one for Rolly. Um, 
I was just wondering about the pronunciation of the word worry, which is turning into worry. Yes, I know. I've heard that too, Ken. Yep. This is called a spelling pronunciation where someone who has, I think they've not been used to associating the spelling with the pronunciation. And uh, uh, there, there are quite a few words like, say, instead of monarch, people say monarch, mm. right? Uh, yeah. giving, giving the full monarch, value to that's both. that's right. And yeah. so worry, worry is, is a bit odd. It's just uh, the person's own Yes, after all, mum is written, is written with an O but pronounced U. In America, we say mum. That's right. Yeah. But in America, they do. Yeah. Although I have seen some Australians say M-O-M. Oh, no. Margaret in Flaxton, a quick one for Rolly. Uh, yes, I would like to know the difference between botanic and botanical mm -hmm. and historic and historical. Good question. Right. Botanic and botanical is usually the same. Um, the botanical... Now, wait a moment. All the gardens in Australia are botanical. Cool, I think, except for botanic in Hobart. Um, with historic, it's different because there's a difference of meaning. This was a historic event, meaning it was very important and it sticks in my mind. Historical means it was part of history and is part of the record. So right. they are different. And finally, Peter in Cairns. Peter, what's your question for Raleigh Sussex? Yeah, I'm very interested in what happened to the word obliged and why it's been replaced with obligated. Ah, yes. Uh, this is because we've got a noun obligation. And so we think that there ought to be a, a verb, obligate, it's called a back formation, and we've created it and it's been quite, quite used quite a, quite a lot. Obliged is what you want. And if you speak Portuguese, the way you see th they say thank you is obrigado, which is basically thankful. You know what I heard today? Instead what? of conversation, I heard someone say they like to convert with some. Was it convert? Is that well? I, I'm doing a, a, a gig tomorrow night, and we we've actually said deliberately that we're going to conversate. Conversate? No, that's what it was. Conversate. Yeah. She said that word, yeah. and that's not right, is well, it? And it's not. Well, it's not technically so. I was using it to pull everybody's leg, and quite I, quite deliberately. I couldn't believe it when yeah. I heard it. Yeah, Rolly, quickly. What's your um, last word? Yeah, last word. Intelligence is like underwear. It's important that you have it, but not necessary that you show it. Thank you, Rolly Sussex. ABC Radio, your local source of national and international news, weather, emergency information, sport and entertainment. With more than 50 radio stations around the country, ABC Radio is Australia's largest radio network providing local programming. ABC Radio engages with audiences through both analogue and digital radio services, streaming online and on your mobile via the ABC Radio app. ABC Radio, across Australia.